Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, anything happened this weekend? <laughs> Um, it was hot. Yeah. It was hot outside. Oh, oh was it hot? Was it? I saw. Uh, I follow uh, several weather guys. One being uh, Paul Delgado, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said the other day that the the high temperature, at like Peter O'Night Airport, was mm-hmm. at like Davis Island or something like that, was like ninety nine, with like a heat index of one hundred and twenty three. And I'm sorry, man, but like. You don't. I don't even need a weatherman anymore, seriously, because here's the thing: two minutes outside in this stuff, you feel like you're going to combust, right? Like we are just walking sacks of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly water. Like I think eighty percent of our body is, and it's boiling, <laughs> like inside you. I'm telling you, I I I am shocked and somewhat delighted that no one has gone like into trouble with dehydration and things with football. I'm worried, very worried about high school starting up because mm-hmm. they don't have necessarily, you know, the trainers and the testing and things like that that the that the NFL and college teams do. But, man, I don't know how they're playing football in this stuff. I swear to you. We had the uh, ladies in red day on Sunday, so we were inside um, the indoor facility, which was great. It still was very warm because there was a lot of people in there, but not beating down on us with the sun. It's an incredible, it's hot everywhere, um, but it'll be a nice escape for them. They're heading up to New York to kind of scrimmage the Jets, and I think like the high temperature is still warm, like 83, 84 degrees, but dry and not, you know, some 60s in the morning, so it's going to be feel like like November here. But, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been crazy. But, but we got hot news. We got breaking news. We, we and do, and it's not good. It's well, not of a good source. No, it's not good. It's just yeah. not a good story. It's a, it's a yucky story. Um, no matter how it turns out, it's just, it's just yucky, but here it goes. Um, and this, this kind of occurred, I guess, during the game, you said, Steve, but Major League Baseball is now looking into the social media posts concerning uh, Rays all-star shortstop Wander Franco. The Rays have confirmed this. Now, there was a bunch of posts out there that were viral on what used to be Twitter. It's now X, um, and it alleges that uh, Franco, uh, who's 22, by the way, has been involved in an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Um, mm-hmm. this woman supposedly, uh, I don't, it's not, and I probably shouldn't say it cause I haven't seen it reported what the age of the alleged, uh, relationship of, of this woman is. There's been reports online that it's 14, 14. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a minor is clearly a minor. And that, that's the allegation at this point in, in posts yeah. that were up. Um, there's been, and a lot of it's in Spanish. So you're relying on others to translate it cause I don't speak Spanish. Right, um, but yeah, this started. Un, un poquito. Yeah, this started uh, between one and two o'clock on Sunday, at least that I saw online. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of as the Rays game was getting underway, Wander Franco was was had a day off for the first time in I think forty games on Sunday that he wasn't in the starting lineup um, since Taylor Walls went down. He has played every game, and uh, coincidence? Hard to tell. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. you know, after the game, Kevin Cash said it was just about getting him off his feet a day off. Mm-hmm. You know, did they know something beforehand? Yes, they did. I, I, Cash confirmed that they did. Well, you know, he confirmed in the post game that he was aware of the the accusations. Oh, but not when. Yeah, right? he. They asked him about if if him being off today was anything more than he still said it was a day off. off, and he said he goes he goes I'm aware of the accusations, but no, the, the day off was just a day off. It was just a day off. Yeah, this is bad on so many levels, and again, presumption of innocence is is what is first and foremost in our in our justice system, and. Um, look, anybody can post anything, but the posts that I've seen um, that have been on, on X, um, not flattering. And, and if if this uh, individual is 14 years old, um, and we don't know, but uh, it's one of those things that can torpedo a franchise. And, and what I mean by that is this, is, and again, presumption of innocence, we don't, We'll have to give Wander and, and his folks a chance to respond and all of that. But baseball's looking into it, which is never a good thing, right? Um, that means that there's enough evidence or something that is at least yucky enough to where they can't ignore it, and they can't ignore this. Um, but Wander Franco, quite simply, for the Rays, is the straw that stirs the drink. I mean, when he was not hitting, they had a horrible July. And since since about the beginning of August... He's been in Fuego, and this team, uh, the three and three homestand notwithstanding, they have perked up as a result offensively. All of them. He lengthens the lineup. He just makes it go right, batting in the two hole behind Bayandi, who has continued just to do his thing. Um, but you know, puts men on base, drives and runs. Uh, started hitting the long ball again, and I mean some some tape measure shots. Playing terrific defense. This is about as good as he's played these last few weeks. And then, you know, they're sitting here two to three games, you know, behind the Baltimore Orioles in the AL East. But he's the guy. He had the walk-off home run the other day. Uh, I think it was on Friday mm-hmm. where uh, he had the home run after they blew up, you know, a three-run lead in the ninth. Which we'll get into that three-run lead that they blew. Yeah, that was bizarre, man. That's one of the weirdest Jeez. things I've ever seen. Was horrible. Like that was that was a nightmare that was unfolding there in that inning. They gave up three runs. Did they hit a ball in the infield? without Cleveland? No, hitting a ball in the infield. Cleveland didn't put a ball in play. <laughs> he put it in play. Right. Three exactly. walks, a hit by pitch, and then three wild pitches. <laughs> and they scored yeah. three runs. Not Just one ball a put in little play. outside. Right. <laughs> Just Bob Eucherisms. Yes. Oh my God. Um. Yeah. So that was a nightmare, and he bailed him out of that with a tape measure shot, walk-off home run. Then they came back against one of the best relievers in the American League on on uh, Saturday and were down three runs in the bottom of the ninth, came back and won the damn game. Mm-hmm. Randy Rosarena you know? with the walk-off single there. Yeah. Brandon Lau drives in the tying run, then mm-hmm. steals second and scores with Randy on a, on a diving attempt in right field that came up short. So, you know, without those two Houdiniacs, they could have been swept by the Guardians. Instead, they managed to win two out of three and win the series, but they go three and three on the homestand. Now this, and this is about as bad as it can happen. Like something like this, um, if in fact there is some scintilla of truth to it and or Major League Baseball would have to act, right? If they would have to suspend or gosh knows whatever they would do. I mean, if it were true, uh, it's it's a crime, 
right? So there's there's a lot of trouble he could get in in this country. Um, but we're a long way from from any of that being proven. But it's just it's icky, right? Like I, I can't think of something that's more icky about what you hoped would be the face of your franchise, right? I mean this this guy has been the best player in the minor leagues for a while. Then you bring him up to the majors at age, what, 21, barely. Um, And, you know, and he's everything from a defensive and offensive standpoint and baseball player that as advertising, he's been projected to be this for a long time. And then he, then he achieves it. Right. And last year there's a number of injuries he had to overcome this year. He's been relatively healthy and he was as much a part of that fast start as anybody they have. Um, and like I said, I I think for all that he does, Yandi is the MVP this year because of his consistency and leadership and, and multiple hit games and all of that. Um, but I think Wander Franco, you know, because of what he does defensively, may may be that guy. Like he he's that guy. He's he's the major league superstar. Uh, you know, not just in waiting, but actually doing it. This would be so deflating, not just from a performance standpoint, but organizationally. Like, what do you do now if if they have to take this guy, if Major League Baseball decides to take this guy off the field? I don't know you come back from this. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and, and you know, look, it's going to be – I don't know what's going to happen tonight. They're in San Francisco, so it's going to be a late game. Uh, as we Did take, he make the trip? Do we know well, as we tape this, the Rays are on a plane to San Francisco. Yeah. I do not know if he was on the flight or not. I I, I would suspect he's not. No, I don't know any reason to base that on it. The reports but. in the locker room were that the equipment staff was packing his bags in his locker. Yeah, but normally they the players normally the Packers normally the players pack it themselves. Wander okay. had left the game, at least left, left the dugout the apparently in the fifth inning. I, I'm assuming he left the stadium. Yeah. Or, you know, was unavailable after the game, of course. Uh, I, I don't know if he made the flight. I'm guessing he hasn't made the flight to San Francisco. Um, that doesn't mean he couldn't rejoin at some point, depending on what is found out by the Rays, by baseball, by his team, his group, or, you know, his people, whatever. Um, but, yeah, this is not good for the Rays. Mm-mm. You Mm-mm. know, your best player is – presumably at this point unavailable. It's bad for the whole game of baseball. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not – you want guys like him um, to be faces of franchise, hopefully on and off the field, and, and he certainly is is tremendous on the field. Age 22, can do everything. He's been on a tear the past few weeks. He's had hits in his past seven games. Mentioned the walk-off game against the Guardians Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had played a lot of baseball, so okay, all right. So they were going to get him off his feet, and then this happens. And now I imagine they wanted to get him out of the clubhouse before the media came in at minimum. Um, and also, you know, let them look into this. I mean, and and Major League Baseball, it, rest assured, they will look into it. Now, there's been, and you mentioned this. Um, there's been other players and mm-hmm. other athletes and other sports. We had it happen like here in Tampa NHL. Bay. Yeah, we had it happen yeah. in Tampa Bay at the beginning of last season with Ian Cole. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a an, kind of an anonymous post online, social media yeah. claiming. Now it wasn't an underage person at this point. It was a, no, you know this, but it, it turns out they couldn't. The NHL and, and the the Lightning investigated and found nothing, and, and uh, you know that there was nothing to corroborate it, and, and no 
proof or anything else. So, you know, he was reinstated after about a week. Right. Right. It was kind of an anonymous claim from a person that was unreachable. Um, no one came forward, so to speak, to, to actually um, lodge this. But and, and, and this may be a case of that. This may be just, listen, I can accuse anybody of anything, anytime on social media. Um, some of the photos, if real, and we can Photoshop, you have AI, you have all this stuff. Um, who knows what we're looking at anymore? Um, but yeah. And as a postscript, by the way, he didn't play and they said it was cause he was, you know, 40 games in a row. They gave hats to kids and you can't make this up 14 and under Wander Franco snapback hats. I mean, this, this whole, this is just awful. They did bring up a top prospect, I guess, to replace him or to go into the lineup. It was uh, Levis Basabe, yes. Yeah. Hey, got a hit and in his first pitch he saw. How about that? He's a member of a very mm-hmm. uh, large club, but maybe not so much the first pitch club, but the first at-bat mm-hmm. club. Gets and his first major Now, his first hit. play in the field, he took a little too much time on the throw, and I saw, guy I got a base that. hit. I, it's You know, you kind of saw Brendan Lau come over, and I think it was like, hey, uh, they're a little faster up here. They're faster. <laughs> Can I, I got a story about that. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, but it's about me, okay, because <laughs> I care about me. So back in the day, 100 years ago, I played a little baseball, and um, my dad, who was a local manager of, of some um, reputation and won a lot of games, we were playing winter ball. And we had guys like Tim Tuffle, okay, was playing <laughs> winter ball, and Howard Johns, guys like that. So, yeah, it wasn't the 86 Mets, but we were the Reds. Um, but anyway, so I'm 15. It's the earliest I can play in this winter league game. It's 15 to 18. And so I get out there at second base, and a guy hits a ground ball, routine. And I field it, take my little half crow hop, throw it at first. Guy's safe. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> and it was the same thing. It's kind of like you, you've played, you know, up to a point where you don't mm-hmm. – re- and I, it's kind of hard to believe that this is a guy that's been in AAA or AA and still doesn't know this. But, like, yeah, like all of a sudden it's the next level. And you're like, oh. So even from second, the shortest throw in the infield, I've got to hurry it to get this dude because he's busting it down the line. Mm-hmm. Learn that really quick. Never did that again. But, yeah, it's kind of funny. It reminded me of that when I heard that story. So, um, But, yeah, the kid uh, got his first major league hit, which was great. Um, but they did manage to uh, to win the series. Of course, they lost the series before that, so three and three. Now they're headed to San Francisco, um, kind of a West Coast tour. I don't know if, uh, as we do this tonight, did Baltimore win? They were either three, going to be three or two games back. They did win, so they're three games back. So they lost a game, so they're three games back. About six or seven weeks to go. Seven weeks to go, yep. yep. Yeah. And Tyler Glass now returns tonight. Now the bad news was Zach Eflin. Because he did not give a Zach Eflin-like performance at all. It started bad when Stephen Kwan took 10 pitches to record the first out to start the game. Right. And then they went yard after that. 3 nothing early. And, yeah. yeah, he just – this was his worst outing with the Rays. Mm-hmm. With three innings, nine hits, six runs. Yeah. Um. Look, he's been so good, particularly at Tropicana Field. At home, yeah. This was just one of those days. I yep. think uh, yep. you hope. I mean, you know, as good as he's been all year, dude had a bad day. He had a bad day, and the Guardians had a good day swinging the bats. Mm-hmm. They had like fifteen hits or something like that. They were they were hitting everything. They hit the ball well. They're a good hitting team. They just don't hit right. home runs. 
That's right. That's right. They'll hit. They'll hit you to death. They just don't score yeah. a lot of runs because they don't put them over the wall. That's right. And they got good pitching they, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And the Rays were, like I said, they were. They made some amazing comebacks, uh, especially against one of the best relievers in baseball with uh, three runs in the ninth the other day. So, mm-hmm. all in all, uh, could have been swept. Feel much better winning two out of three, uh, albeit the kind of the blowout nine to two yeah. loss. So it's off to uh, you got glass to now pitch. tonight. So we'll see how he responds from his back. He's got to respond with the back. I mean, you'd hate to see anything else happen to any starting pitcher at this point. They just can't afford to do that. They're just so thin, and um, you know they've got to at least try to hang in there and see if Baltimore can cool off at some point. They just the the Orioles are are playing great and and uh, maintaining their lead and. You know, but it's still only only a few games and and uh, a lot of baseball left to play. So we'll see what happens with all of this with Major League Baseball's uh, sort of investigation into this social media post involving uh, shortstop Wander Franco, and uh, hopefully this too will uh, will come to pass. But uh, in the meantime, um, yeah, just just not a not a good development for the Rays to say the very least, especially of all the players of that guy who is who is. You would hope become will become the face of the franchise, him and Randy Rosarena, but especially Wander for all that he does, and it would just be um, just be awful if they have to deal with this much longer. All right, um, we'll talk about the Bucks and their preseason game. Of course, on Friday um, they did lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but there's plenty to take away from that game. But first, you guys already know that hurricane season is here in Florida, but the good news is that you can keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's with solar battery backup power. Uh, there's no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. And May Electric Solar, that's right, they offer a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup also saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power, a generator can cost you over $2,000 a week just to run it. But solar battery systems qualify also for a 30% tax credit on the new systems or for adding a battery to your existing Emphase Solar System. Trust the pros to solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. All right, so Friday night, the Bucks kicked off their preseason against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm, I would say a couple things that jumped to mind. Um, Baker Mayfield, I thought, made a good accounting for himself in that uh, he only had three possessions that he played. Look, the whole night was marred by penalties. They had 12 for 127 Ooh, yards. That was, was rough. bad, really bad. They were horrible in short yardage. I thought this was interesting, too. It was like, Dave Canales, going to run the ball, going to run it well, going to run it. Yeah, not so much. He had like 66 yards or 65 yards, average 2.5 a carry. It's like, whoa. But they got several of their, their longer runs called back because of penalties. Mm-hmm. And not just penalties, but also, um, and, and look, you know, every every play, there's usually more than one culprit, right? But, like, if I were to say to you, Steve, that, you know what, the Bucks are going to sit everybody. They sat 16 starters the other night in, in the first preseason game. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I said to you, you know what, they're going to play two of their projected starting offensive linemen. They're going to play Luke Gedeke at right tackle. And they're going to play um, Cody Mock at right guard. So the whole right side of the line looks like the two guys they're counting on going into the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but guess what? 
those are the two guys that sucked, <laughs> at least statistically. Now, when you go back and watch the film, you realize that, um, okay, the numbers say one thing, which is that Luke Gedeke gave up two sacks and had a holding penalty, right? Uh, and that Cody Mock um, had a holding penalty and had a false start on fourth and one on the first drive and made him punt. So those are bad penalties. Those are bad plays. Then you watch and you go, okay, well, the tight end went the wrong way here, left, you know, kind of collided with, you know, Gedeke there. So so it's not always as it appears. But, yeah, mm-hmm. not not a good stat line, um, not a good feel from a, from a sort of a uh, momentum standpoint. You can't be behind the sticks all night. It really hurt Kyle Trask, and and uh, you know we'll get to that in just a minute. Now, as far as Mayfield goes, um, he did get him in the end zone one time, uh, drove him down the field. Boy, you talk about a, a terrific throw and catch that Baker Mayfield made to Trey Palmer, who just you know not only did he make a, an extended grab with both hands, but he's in the back of the end zone and he does the whole toe tap swag. And yes, he's in bounds, and it's a touchdown. Uh, Trey Palmer has been really impressive, and and it's so weird to me that like just watching him in practice and stuff. Now, you know, you used to say, okay, the guy's a six round pick, so where's his where's his his flaws, right? Where's the warts on this guy? Um, well, he spent three years at, at LSU, and really was never a, a front line starter. But you know what? Go look at some of the LSU guys up in front of him bunch of draft picks that are playing really, you know, in pro bowls or, or all pros now in the NFL. So, but, but LSU has been a, a receiver factory, you know, for, for a good while going all the, I mean, even, even Russell Gage hailed from there. So this kid went to LSU. So he, he ends up transferring after three years and goes to Nebraska for one season, Nebraska, a ground and pound traditional offense really don't throw the ball that well. Oh yeah. In his only year there, he sets the, the school record for receiving yards in a single season and the single game receiving record. Now you go, okay, but where are the warts? Let's go to the combine. Let's see. Is he any good there? Oh, yeah, he ran a 4-3-3-40. And you go, well, then he must be a midget, right? Like, he must, like there must be some something wrong with it. Nope, he's six foot, about 200-something pounds. Like, so what? what did we miss with this kid? You know what? The Bucks didn't miss with him. They got him in the sixth round. Okay, and I'm here to tell you right now, you got Evans, Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. I would say Russell Gage is still wide receiver three. They're paying him like it, and he should be until in such a time he gets hurt again or or drops balls or whatever. And then, boy, it's a battle for wide receiver four, and Palmer's right there. You know, and you've got other guys like Devin Tompkins, and you know. Kalen Geiger, and there's just a lot of guys, right, going all the way down to Cade Warner. But this cat, Trey Palmer, I can't find anything he does wrong. Like, he's just going to, if he keeps getting better and better, this dude is going to be one of the biggest steals in the draft. And um, and certainly, Baker Mayfield threw a dime to him, but he went up and got it. It was a great play. The rest of the game, like, they they couldn't really sustain a lot because of the penalties. Um, I thought their defense, you know, at times they, they forced a couple turnovers. Zion McCallum had an interception, but you know what? Zion McCallum is missing tackles again, and they missed a lot of tackles in that game, and they gave up some touchdowns as a result of it, and they got behind. They wound up losing 27-17. to 17. But Kyle Trask, I thought at times, you know, he played pretty good. 
Um, protection wasn't always there. We mentioned the penalties. And then because of the penalties, one time he was behind the sticks, like third and 19, he tried to take a shot down the field, got it intercepted. So that was his you know, big mistake of the night. And it's glaring because I talked to Dave Canales on Thursday. Listen, when I sat down with Dave Canales and I wrote a story about this Thursday for Friday last week, that how, how Kyle Trask had drawn even in this, in this competition with Baker Mayfield. I left my conversation um, with Dave Canales. I walked out and went, Kyle Trask could win this job. Like, I, And I've been, you know this, Steve, I've been saying from time immortal, this is dumb, why are they doing this? Of course, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter, should be the starter, and guess what? As I sit here tonight, he's going to be the starter, okay? And that's not based on some report that's out there, just, you know, people will reference, and, and hell, if you're going to take a shot, you'd certainly lean towards Baker. We have. Um, for a long time. But after talking to Dave Canales, remember, they were coming off practices where Baker Mayfield had thrown nine interceptions, and until Tuesday of last week, uh, Kyle Trask had thrown one night, and then he threw three in one day. So it's like nine to five or something like that. Uh, and so the games mean more. You know, the preseason games mean a lot because you have, um, you know, another defense that you don't know that can do whatever they want to. They can hit the quarterback. They can hold your receivers, all that stuff. So the games mean a little bit more. There's fans in the stands. And they went out there, and I thought, other than not making some good run checks, they sucked in short yardage. They didn't make third and ones. They didn't make fourth and ones. They could have extended some drives. Baker looked in control. He made some really good throws. He moved his feet very well. Uh, Trash, like I said, squeezed, tried to squeeze one in. Um, got sacked a few times, didn't have quite as much success, didn't get him in the end zone for sure. Um, you know, And so I would say round one went to Baker Mayfield. Now, you follow that up with the practice they had on Sunday, which like was the ladies in red day. Um, everybody, the people that were there were invited inside to the indoor facility. Baker Mayfield, early in that game, or early in that practice, put on a show. I mean a show. The ball did not hit the ground much, period. And he hit one deep ball to Mike Evans that was gorgeous. You'll probably see it. Somebody probably got it on video. Uh, I thought Trask did okay. He did okay. He did fine. Um, but I thought Baker outperformed him. And I thought also what was interesting was that even though Baker started game one and he's not going to start game one against the Jets, guess who was taking the first reps on Sunday? Baker Mayfield. Okay. So, listen, I, I think after this third preseason game, uh, and the joint practices they have up there starting Wednesday with the Jets, I think Bowles is going to come out and name a quarterback, and I think it's going to be Baker. Now, we've asked Baker. I've, I've talked to agent. I've talked to certainly the Bucks. Like when this report came out, that oh, it's been decided. All of them, to a man, said, mm, "No, it hasn't." Now, again, I I just don't know how Todd Bowles, if it's even, Baker's leaving because. When Todd Bowles puts his head on the pillow Saturday night in Minnesota in a few weeks, he's got to know what he's getting from his quarterback. I don't even know that there's any way you could have that confidence with Trask just yet. Now, if Trask goes up there and has, you know, rips it in all the practices that they're having, rips it in the game, he can put himself back in it. But ideally, you'd like to have a starter sort of in your mind, if not named to the team, um, after the second preseason game. And then you can kind of adjust accordingly whether you're going to play guys a lot in the third preseason game or playing very little and get them out. I don't think many starters are going to play in the second preseason game either because they have the 
um, controlled scrimmage and then get their looks and their work in there. And then the right, then the preseason game is more about evaluating, you know, spots number, you know, what, 48 to 53 um, and seeing who can play. So uh, I, I suspect there'll be a lot of starters out again. Um, I do think get will play. I do think, you know, um, they'll play Cody mock. They'll play some of their, some of the guys. And Oh, by the way, we haven't seen Ryan Jensen even practice. There's a battle going on right now between Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett at center. That's got to play itself out. Uh, but this will be a good test because this is a really good defense. Like whatever they do in practice, even though it's scripted, um, they're going to have a tough time moving the football. And then, of course, the game will be on Saturday night. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So they had, I mentioned they had the indoor practice on Sunday, um, and I thought both quarterbacks made a good accounting of themselves. Baker was really good. Now, one of the things that was a little kind of, hmm, what happened here? Rashad White, late in practice, had a non-contact sort of pull-up on his leg. Um, looked like something really bothered him. I don't know if it was in the knee, the calf area, whatever. But he was running the football, and without contact, you know, started hopping and you could tell he was in some kind of discomfort. He went over there and, and, uh, we got some attention from trainers. It wasn't like he needed to be carried off. They, they let him stand around, which is usually a good sign that maybe he's got something that's, you know, that he tweaked somehow. But I'll tell you what I'm afraid of when I watch football in practices or games, non-contact injuries. When guys buckle and go down, um, when nobody's hit them, that's usually an indicator of something's going on in the joint somewhere uh, or or in the soft tissue, a cramp or something like that or pulled muscle um, because they just don't they just don't fall to the ground like that. So we'll find out. We'll get an update on Rashad White. They said that they thought he was going to be okay. Um, he did not come back into, the, into practice, obviously, but um, they looked at him, and, and we'll just have to kind of follow that. Um, there was some other news, too. Uh, and, and, and this was came after, like, Todd Bowles talked to us about it after the game the next day on Saturday that, and I didn't know this at the time, but um, Larry Foote called the defense in game one against Pittsburgh. And he's a co-defensive coordinator, as you know. Game two is going to belong to Casey Rogers, the other co-defensive coordinator. And so that begged the question, okay, so when you get to the regular season, Todd Bowles, who's calling it? And he goes, right now, I am. Right now. Is he going to name a starter for that after the second preseason game as well? Or <laughs> he's it's right. It is a battle now. Apparently, we have we can declare a defensive coordinator. But then I think it'll be obvious to everybody. Um, but no, I don't think he's let either either Casey Rogers or Larry Foot know <laughs> that they are not still in a competition. So they got to try to one up each other. Yeah, this this whole thing. Listen, I, I, and I'm not. A lot of people have opinions, and some people think they know stuff, and maybe they do. But I'm here to tell you that sitting with Canales, talking to the people over there, they really want this to play out. They really don't want to declare a winner yet. 
Uh, they have not, to my any knowledge that I have, told Baker, his agent, anybody close to him, hey, you're the starter. Nobody has done that. Now, is there a consensus? Could there be people saying, I know? Yeah. And you know what? I feel like I know. I feel like everybody has known for a while. Been railing against this whole sort of competition thing. But in the end, I think it's good because I, I kind of think that both quarterbacks may end up playing this year before it's over anyway, whether it's injury or, or whatnot. But um, this could get wrapped up. If Baker Mayfield goes out there against the Jets in practice, moves the football, looks like he's in control, throws accurately, does a few things, um, and then whatever happens in the game happens, I really think he could put a bow on it uh, by the time we get back from New York. I really do. I think they'll want to go into that third preseason game having a plan, not just for him, but for Tristan Wirfs and the other starters that have been out, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all those guys. Um, they're going to you know, play them just so much and then boom, take them out of the game. And so you kind of you kind of need to know who your starter is because if you get your offensive line out of the game, if you take your top receivers, you probably want your quarterback on the sideline too. Um, so for that reason, and then to have an extra week between the final preseason game um, and then you got a whole week of practice leading up to the regular season game after that, uh, should be plenty of time for whoever they decide is a quarterback to kind of get into the game plan and, and figure out what he's going to do. But um, this could be it. This could be the final game, and then we'll we'll pull the Band-Aid off and kind of figure out who they're going to start in Minnesota. They do have some tough decisions at outside linebacker. I thought the rookie uh, from Louisville, Yaya Diaby, was good. He got a little nicked up. But, you know, Bowles said that if he had to have played the game, he would have. They just didn't want to force him back in. They said he was scheduled uh, to come out after that series anyway, so no need to yeah, put him back in. So yeah. And uh, but they do have some some uh, tough decisions to make at outside linebacker. Um, who else did we mention that uh, kind of showed up? Uh, oh, Zion McCallum. We mentioned his interception, and, and in general, this is true, and it's especially true of Zion, who we talked to a little bit on Sunday. Is that you know in the NFL, like you have to really break down, you know, get over your legs and 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 sort of be balanced. And and Zion's a guy that has ridiculous, you know. 40 time and speed and athleticism, but he comes at guys so fast that if they just make one little sidestep, he's sprawled on the turf and they're gone. And he missed another tackle. There were several missed tackles in that game. And, you know, I think that he's still trying to learn how to incorporate all that athletic ability and length um, and, and be in control. And, you know, without tackling in, in, in the training camps in the preseason like there used to be, it's a lost art. And early in those preseason games, you generally see a special teams play that goes to distance. I think I saw one the other night on one of those games, but that's not uncommon because you have new gunners, you have new coverage people, um, and you usually get a breakdown early in the season on special teams. Um, but overall, look, it, you got to clean up the penalties. They're going to have a really good test against a really good defense this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to give those young cornerbacks a test as well in practice. So, and there's buzz. There's buzz with the New York Jets. They're going to, you know, what the Bucks are going to find themselves on hard knocks, unwittingly. They're going to be the, you know, the opponent of the New York Jets during practice and stuff. So we might be able to get some insights there with some of the conversations that happen on the field and all of that. I'll be headed up to New Jersey. Uh, I'll be there on Wednesday for the morning practice. They practice Wednesday, Thursday. They'll do a walkthrough Friday. Of course, play the game Saturday night. So. Uh, keep it right here. Uh, all your Bucks news and 
updates, I guess, on Wander Franco, go to TampaBay.com, the Tampa Bay Times. This is something that's probably going to linger for a little bit, and it's not good for the Rays, to say the very least, to, uh, to have to deal with something like this. So we'll be following it all week. We'll probably, I would think we would talk to Matt Baker at some point maybe this week, Steve. Yeah, we could definitely get him on. Yeah, talk a little uh, college football. Yeah, I was at the uh, USF uh, football luncheon on Friday. Oh, how was that? So it was great. Uh, yeah. A lot of buzz You'll, and excitement with you know Coach Alex Golish. You like Golish? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, Sam Barrington had a nice conversation with him at the luncheon. Uh, cool. I got to sit with a couple uh, players. Naquan Wright, who transferred from Florida, uh, was telling me how, how he really likes uh, the way the locker room is uh, coming together and – you know, you know, Golish and his staff, and you know, because look, he's all business, man. It's, it's, you know, they're kind of saying over there is be who you say you are, or you know, you know, and it's, it's just uh, the camaraderie, the everything coming together. He says it's, it's been really good. So, you know, the one thing I've heard that's been confirmed about Golish is that he works his ass off, like mm-hmm. recruiting, like doing all the things. No one's going to outwork us. That's kind of his mantra. He's yep. right. Yep. He's not. He ain't. He ain't screwing around. Like this cat's working at twenty four seven. So, yep. If, if he if he goes down, it'll, it'll be under his terms and not for a lack of effort. I assure you that he is really trying to turn every stone here. Uh, I'm I'm excited about college football. I don't know who the hell's in any conference anymore, and frankly, I don't care. I just want to watch the games. Well, we're you what uh, two and a half weeks or so away. It's incredible. I think right? uh, I, there may be a couple games on August twenty sixth, but I think the. Thursday the 31st we'll have some games and of course September 2nd the Saturday that most of the college football world starts playing so doesn't Florida State have a big game early uh they're playing uh what LSU in in Orlando uh, in Orlando Camping yeah, World yeah, Stadium that's, yeah. that's pretty cool yeah, yeah that's going to be a big one yeah and of course we'll get Matt Baker's top 25 rankings I think he's got the Seminoles eh, maybe a little higher than some people a little higher than the coaches poll does that's <laughs> right what do the coaches know really yeah uh, I'll take Matt's poll any day. Trust me, twice on Saturday. So I got one final question for you, though. How are you celebrating Creamsicle Day? Yeah, see, here's the thing. I, I'm not celebrating because I don't look good in Creamsicle. Not that I would wear their colors for obvious reasons. I'm a journalist. You know this. Um, but I, I back in the day when I was a youth um, and, I, and I grew up sort of with this team uh, in its infancy, um, I remember one time wearing a T-shirt that did not look so great that was orange <laughs> and whatnot. And so I've never had anything that color on me again. I'm too kind of red, red, variations of red don't mix well with, with my uh, complexion, et cetera. But um, listen, it, what's, what's old is new, and people love this uniform, and they love creamsicle, and they're going to have, uh, you know, the, the practices open to the public, which is great because they've had a lot of closed practices not to the well, the entire public but a lot of things for suite and sky suite holders and club seat holders season pass members and the like um i guess the general admission mm-hmm. sort of the fans can come out and and uh, wear their creamsicle and it's wildly popular and i think it's going to be great to see them you know all on the field dressed in that it's been 10 years since they've won, worn that sort of uniform um so yeah i'm all about it but uh, i also remember when you know, they took uh, Bucko Bruce and threw him off the the bounty in in the harbor in St. Petersburg. So I don't know. They guess they fished that guy out, and uh, and he's back now. So well, if you're not yeah. if you're not aware, practice today is open to the public. The first twenty five hundred fans, that's get it. Free Bucko Bruce fa- uh, flags. That's cool. Uh, then there's that's a fireworks really cool. show at Armature Works tonight. 
Mm-hmm. At 7.30, first 500 fans in attendance received that same free Bucko Bruce flag. I got one. They put them out on the uh, put them out on the press box okay, here. Yeah, day. so Very it's cool. a creamsicle day in Tampa Bay. There you go. So enjoy, folks. Throwback, throwback day, all that stuff. Play some '70s music. Knock yourselves out. All right. Well, we'll be uh, following the uh, Wander Franco media speculation investigation, whatever's going on with him as the uh, Rays go out to San Francisco and st- start a series against the Giants. And um, yeah, so. Uh, Bucks back in action at practice. They'll travel on Tuesday to uh, New Jersey where they're going to practice against uh, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, really good football team. They'll be on hard knocks. How about that? You can see a little Buccaneer action maybe on hard knocks as the Jets continue that series. So busy week ahead, and I uh, want you guys to make sure you stick with us all the time on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Thanks for listening. We get a lot of positive comments. Steve, I think you sent along one the other day um, that uh, is always nice to hear from people that enjoy the podcast. And uh, you certainly can um, can tell us what you like and maybe what you don't like about it, and we can uh, sort of please the audience. But uh, we're glad all of you are here and listening each and every day, Monday through Friday. Thanks again for Steve Bursting. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 